Hello, everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. My name is Richard Bryant, and I am your host. It's April 29th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, Day 48. Hello, everyone. Here are today's news and notes. Today, we start internationally with our friends from the Theatre Times. From India, this was posted by Niraj Murthy. The article is known as Isolation by the Unknown Pen. Writer and theatre director Aman Ahmad's idea of doing digital theatre live received a big thumbs up on Facebook. It was actually his wife who had suggested he develop the play for a digital platform. I was apprehensive that it might kill the essence of physical theatre. However, many users, especially international theater lovers, wanted to see a live production and not recorded performance, he shares. On April 9th, his dream comes true when his theater group, The Unknown Pen, presents the original English psychological play, Isolation, live on Facebook. Written during this lockdown period, the story is in sync with the current situation, and a few dialogues in the play reflect the present scenario. The short play of 20 minutes duration revolves around three characters a homosexual in her 40s who connects with her two friends, her male boss and a girl, her lover, through the mobile phone. There are risks of being isolated, and the characters in the play depict what isolation brings out in people. Isolation begins with a monologue of a psychologically disturbed girl. Through its characters, the play dabbles with questions arising from the current situation. Through her endless ravings, she lays out questions that are hard to answer. The lover is a typical example of a sheep in a herd incapable of seeing beyond the surface and always marching on the direction laid out by the opportunist boss, says the director. Not only the theme, the production too was in sync with the lockdown. It was a massive change for us, staying put in our own houses by meeting each other on Facebook for rehearsals. This play is trying to push boundaries and make it as seamless as possible in terms of technical aspects and present what we can in the best possible way, says Krishna Soni, one of the actors and production managers. The artists have been practicing virtually from their own homes, and Aman gives feedback through Facebook and WhatsApp. The absence of props poses a challenge for actors to make their dialogue delivery itself make people understand what is going on. One major challenge was to write and connect the script for actors in three different places, recalls Aman. Krishna is happy. The team can reach out to people in the comfort of their houses. She says watching a play in an auditorium requires planning. One has to buy tickets, dress up, plan dinner, or where to go after watching a play. With this, one can sit in their pajamas and write a performance. Even if they miss the live show or if they want to see it again, the audience can watch it later as the videos will be saved. The team promises Isolation will be the first in an upcoming series of live plays. Of course, the play Isolation went live on Facebook on April 9th at 9.30 p.m., but you can watch it at their Facebook page at the Unknown Pen Theater. This article was originally posted at thehindu.com on April 7th, 2020, and has been reposted with permission. From our friends in Egypt, the Alexandrian artist dances during quarantine in empty public spaces. This was posted by Hager El-Hadi. The contemporary dance Shady Ahmad takes advantage of Alexandria's empty Cornish where he continues to practice social distancing, but in public spaces. Shady Ahmad, an Alexandrian contemporary dancer, has, moved, has maneuvered his way out of closed spaces, 
taking advantage of an empty Cornish in Alexandria. He began performing in public spaces and posting videos of himself dancing on his Facebook page. Prior to the coronavirus outbreak, Imad used to jog and exercise in the morning on the Cornish, a practice that now has been abandoned by many like-minded young Alexandrians. At the same time, the shutting down of all cultural venues makes it more challenging for dancers and all artists alike to continue with their regular artistic activities. I asked myself, why not dance here? He tells Aram online, referring to the Mediterranean city's Cornish, which in regular days is filled with crowds, yet now it remains deserted due to the quarantine which aims to curb the spread of the coronavirus. It is by choosing the large empty public spaces that he continues to practice social distancing, albeit outside the confinement of the four walls of his apartment. These days are hard and extremely boring, but I believe that the world before the pandemic was also boring and trapped in fixed patterns and constructed in a deadly way that needed an extreme situation like this to change, he writes in one of his most recent videos. Before becoming a full contemporary dancer, Imad studied dentistry before switching to the Faculty of Tourism and Hotels at Alexandria University. He began dancing in 2014. I chose contemporary dance as a way to express myself and my opinions in a different way with different different tools, he reveals to Aram online. The dancer adds that he was inspired by Nassim al-Raq, a contemporary dance festival which, has, which was held between 2011 and 2017 on the streets of Alexandria. By Egypt-based French visual artist Emile Petit, Nassim al-Raq's aimed to empower contemporary dancers in Alexandria and design dances with different themes responding to everyday life challenges, presenting the majority of their works in public spaces. The festival hosted contemporary dance in public spaces as an alternative to theaters, and as such, it could reach more people, Imad adds. Imad records his dances on the Cornish and posts them on his Facebook page. One of the most recent videos, posted on April 15th, was shot on the Cornish during the busy morning hours, while another takes us to Gleam, one of the finest neighborhoods in Alexandria. Several other videos, which began sharing since March, present Imad in a variety of public spaces. By sharing the videos on social media, Imad hops, hopes to send a message to other artists. Do not stop dancing regardless of the circumstances. The absence of traditional dance spaces shouldn't prevent us from continuing our practice, he adds. The dancer adds, connected by light hashtag to his videos, joining the way, joining this way an initiative launched by Alexandria's Jesuit Cultural Center that aims at bringing artists and audiences together during the quarantine. Spearheaded by the center's director, Fadi George, the initiative showcases artists in discussion, performances, and lectures on how to deal with quarantine realities and their impact on our psychology. Of course, you can visit the original article posted at english.aram.org.eg. It was originally published on April 16, 2020. Page 2. We continue on our international news trip, this time from Iran. Musicals dominating Tehran's theaters, the box office's popular trend. This was posted by Nilufar Motadi. A look at ongoing production on Tehran's stages show a growing interest in box office hit musicals like Les Miserables and Mary Poppins, and the remarkable presence of celebrities in these performances. In this regard, many companies are surrendering to this trend and adding Persian lyrics, live musical shows, and famous actors to their works in order to attract audiences. Live bands or solo musicians have become a must in almost every show that has been staged in Iran's capital in recent years. 
However, the approach has overshadowed serious productions that seek to remain loyal to the context and spirit of the play. As a consequence, they have become hit or miss, with their success depending on the merits of the director, actors, or publicity. The latest big musical, Mary Poppins, was staged in October 2019 at Vedat Hall and performed for 60 nights due to high demand. Directed by Ahmad Suleimani, it was a refined example of a musical on the Tehran stage and did not face harsh criticism over the quality of performance by avid theater fans. The Persian lyrics were rewritten by the acclaimed dramaturg Mohammad Riza Kuhistani in order to turn the famous songs of the 1964 Disney movie into a more rhythmic tone suitable for the Iranian audience. The lead actress, Benush Tabatabey, revived the role of Mary Poppins, successfully delivering her musical lines and choreography, while Armin Rahmian manifested a good singing talent in the role of Bert. The moving set design that displayed a two-story building from indoor and outdoor perspectives was yet another advantage of the show. The production was not so ambitious or expensive as previous musicals in Iran, yet with choreography and accurate musical performances, it has attracted praise. Earlier in the same year, another well-made musical featured at Vadad Hall in mid-July, which ran for a month. The Sound of Music was created and directed by opera singer Hadi Kwezat, with 80 vocalists, 50 musicians, and 20 actors. The performance was based on the 1965 American musical film that was previously staged in a smaller scale in September 2013. Despite other musicals performed by celebrities in Tehran, the actors in this production were musically trained. Kwezat is known for directing one of the first opera performances in Iran after the 1979 revolution in 2012. The Tehran Opera Ensemble performed Yanni Shiichi by the Italian composer Giacomo Puccini at Vadat Hall. The performance can be considered one of the early musical performances in the country. Over the past decade, many directors have started to add songs and scenes, but they were limited to functioning as rhythmic background to the performance. In 2013, playwright and director Mohammed Rahmanian used songs between each episode of his play, Old Songs. They were sung by professional singers. The production of Mother Courage and Her Children in 2014 with Fatima Mutamidiaria in the lead role had the same approach. Actors sang songs in some of the acts. In the stage production of Crime and Punishment in 2015, the cast sang famous Russian songs with subtitled lyrics in Persian. It was directed by Iman Afsharian and indicated that the power of musicals is growing. The trend has started to become contagious to other productions, whether professional or amateur. One of the finest and first examples of professional musicals truly launching the genre into the spotlight was Oliver Twist staged in November 2017 in Vadat Hall. This musical, directed by Hussein Par Parsai, was a daunting project that used theater professionals including Mohammad Riza Kuhistani as dramaturg and Hadi Kwezat as choir director. The musical was based on Charles Dickens' well-known novel and included celebrity actors such as Navid Mohammadazid as Bill Sykes and Mahnaz Afshar as Nancy and featured expensive set design to attract the audience. Hutan Shakiba's performance as Fagin was nominated for Best Actor at the 36th Fajr Theatre Festival, and the show was a box office success. But the production faced heavy criticism over bad performances and questions about the production's financial sponsors. The production was produced with a budget of 25 billion rials, around 500,000 US, 
with ticket prices three times higher than regular theater tickets. At this point in Iranian history, it seems so-called luxury theater has come into existence and has found a considerable number of fans. Les Miserables was Hussein Parsai's second musical and raised the bar for these productions in Iran. A total of 80,000 tickets were sold during the two months of its performance, and the show was the first musical that opened the newly built Royal Hall in the five-star Espinas Palace Hotel. The musical featured a cast of 300 actors, singers, and musicians filled with a star-studded cast from Iranian cinema, including Parsa Pirozfar as Jean Valjean, Navid Mohammad Zadi as Javert, and Perinaz Izyadyar as Fantine. The good set, design, and the orchestra's performance were strengths of the musical. Yet again, the show was panned by critics for its poor use of technology, the actor's lack of singing talent that downplayed the dramatic context of the story, and the production as a whole for being an exact copy of the celebrated musical and Tom Hooper's 2012 movie. There was no ingenuity. The expensive tickets and questionable finances were also other debatable issues. The musical version of Tim Burton's Corpse Bride was another expensive production with movie stars that was performed in April 2019 at the same luxury venue, and tried to attract the audience by using expressive makeup and sets, but again failed to gain the critics' admiration. While in the past three decades, musical theater has been limited to children's shows or lowbrow theaters, live scores and lyrics have become more consistent, whether they signify the spirit of the real theater or an empty shelf spectacle. However, the performance of three spectacular musicals in one year indicates the public interest in musical is here to stay. Page 3. From our friends at USITT, a plethora of news. First, here is a great article from Broadway Direct on how individuals and companies in the backstage theater community have kept busy during this global pandemic we find ourselves in. From providing direct assistance to those on the front lines of the fight against COVID-19, to making masks and protective gear for healthcare workers and civilians, our industry has come together in a considerable way and have done and will continue to do incredible work. This article can be found on broadwaydirect.com or by visiting USITT's Facebook page. Continuing in that vein, as discussed in today's New at Noon session with ETC's Luke Delwich, the new response opto splitters are a family of DMX RDM repeaters purpose-built for integrated ETC systems. You can learn more about these products by clicking the links provided on USITT's Facebook page. In addition, ETC and high-end systems recently launched a new educational website called Study Hall, which is available via users My ETC account and includes both curated and new content, including tailored articles and videos, as well as links to helpful content. For that, you can learn more at etcconnect.com. From USITT's features, today from designers whose productions were shut down due to the global COVID-19 pandemic comes from Eric Barker. Eric is the assistant professor of scenic design at Oklahoma State University's Department of Theater and was the scenic designer for the school's production of Bye Bye Birdie. Here are some remarks from Eric about his design. For a production of Birdie, we wanted to focus on the fun, high energy and silly elements inherent in the story. As the show is steeped in the pop culture of the late 1950s, we knew trying to take it out of the era would be unwieldy, but we wanted people to know it was not a time period piece and still had something to say in 2020. So we designed a world that was bright, 
colorful, and featured two-dimensional shapes and profiles reminiscent of the Sunday comics. In that way, we highlighted the elements of the show we thought to be the most important while releasing the audience of the weight of realism and expectation that they have to know a lot about that time period to get to share in this story. Our version was mid-century modern meets the Sunday comics with a laugh-in twist. To view Eric Barker's work, again, please check out USITT's Facebook page or any of their other social media channel cha channels. And finally, the latest edition of USITT's Technically Speaking podcast is now live to listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. For this episode, they chatted with 2020 USITT Rising Star winner, sponsored by Live Design Magazine, Joe Klug, who is a freelance scenic designer and currently the assistant professor of scenic design at the UA School of Theater, Film, and Television. In the podcast, Joe talks about his work, his award win, and more. From our friends at Stage Directions, Backstage at Home, an antique letter writing with props. In our Backstage at Home series, members of the Chicago Shakespeare Production Department demonstrate the tools of the trade. In this episode, Properties Supervisor Cass Westover and Assistant Properties Supervisor Persephone Lawrence Westcott show you how to fabricate antique letters in the styles of the Renaissance and Regency periods. It's time to get ready. Also, it's a chance to break out the can of glossy wood tone from Design Master, the prop artisan's go-to tool. You can visit and watch this video at stagedirections.com. Also, the video is probably available at YouTube, and if you want further information, check out Chicago Shakespeare Theater, chicagoshakes.com backslash shakes at home. And also, from Stage Directions, from editor Michael S. Ely, and by the way, it's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Michael, the Winchester Little Theater Miniature Prop Room, an eye for detail. Chris Freer handles pops for the Winchester Little Theater in Winchester, Virginia, and she is passionate about her work. She volunteers with the theater, having retired from running her own seat weaving business. She was a chair caner. Pause to say, I know, how cool is that? So how do you go from retired chair caner to props? I majored in theater, but had never done anything with it, explains Freer. When I first went to a show at the Winchester about eight years ago, the program had a notice about auditions, so I tried and I got cast for that show. I've worked for them ever since, doing props or set dressing. It's been a real, real joy finding them. When Freer returned, ventured up to the prop room, she found her theater home. When I went up into the prop loft, I saw that it needed somebody to love it, and I figured, well, I'm the person to do that. It took me a good two months to get all straightened out and organized. I had to cull through a lot of it, and now I am constantly on the search for new things that I know we don't have in there. It's fun. I'm loving it. Her pride in the props she has acquired, sourced, and built is something she is always happy to share. In fact, she commented, We have so many interesting things up there that I would love to have somebody come up with a show where we just have a big old attic as the set so that we can just put all of these wonderful things on there and we that we haven't used before and just, you know, give them the chance to shine on stage for a little bit. And though she loves giving tours of the actual prop loft, not everyone can manage the number of stairs to climb up to it. So this past fall, Freer found a way to share some of the wonder of the prop loft with the Winchester audience. She built a miniature of the prop room with attention to the minute details. This wonderful diorama now has pride of place in the theater's lobby display cabinet. 
we spoke with Freer to get some more details. If you'd like to read the entire article and the interview, please visit stagedirections.com. Again, this article was produced by Michael S. Eddy and is titled The Winchester Little Theater Miniature Prop Room, an eye for detail. Before I conclude tonight's podcast, I once again want to extend my gratitude to the members of the armed services, to the healthcare workers, the nurses, doctors, first responders, police, fire, and emergency service officers around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Please join me in continuing to support these women and men as they face this near impossible task of saving lives in the face of such great adversity. Please support your local food bank and shelters. If possible, donate blood at one of your local Red Crosses. Be sure to check in on the elderly and support those who have special needs. Reach out to a friend and help not only make their day, but also improve your own. So tonight I'd like to finish with a quote from the Duke himself, John Wayne. What's the secret of success? Right decisions. And how do you make right decisions? Experience. But how do you get experience? Wrong decisions. Yep, it's been one of those days. But you know what? We got some experience and we get to move on and we get to try it all again tomorrow. My name is Richard Bryant and I have been your host. It is April 29th, 2020. This is the Corona Chronicles, day 48. Take care, be well. And good night. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please send them to archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's archivett24 at yahoo.com.